friend. Welcome to the podcast. I am Melissa Matheson. And can you believe we are already finished with our first month of the new year? It feels like January flew by. And one of the reasons probably had something to do with all the great people that joined us on the podcast for our Celebrating Singles series we did to launch our new year. If you haven't met my January friends, schedule yourself an extra long road trip or go spend a whole day at your local coffee shop and get caught up on the podcast. Every conversation was so, so good. Well, February is here and have no fear. It's going to be another great month on the podcast. How do I know? My friend Kaylin is here to get us started. Kaylin and I have been friends almost 10 years. I met her as a young girl straight out of high school, and I've watched her grow in her gifts as a creative, an entrepreneur, a wife, a mother, and now as an official in our local government. When I first had the idea to start a podcast in August of 2019, I knew I wanted Kaylin to be one of the first friends you meet. Kaylin is a champion of people. She has a way of encouraging people and cheering for them in ways that make you think anything is possible. I knew I would need her in my corner. We finally were able to coordinate our schedules to meet for coffee, and you'll understand why that was a challenge when you hear what she's got going on in her life. So grab your coffee and join us at the table. We're talking about Chip and Joanna, the year 2030, and maybe, maybe, maybe we talk about baby names. Today on What's Next, God? Well, we always have to talk about coffee. Yes. To get started. Because you're a coffee drinker. Oh, yeah. Big coffee drinker. Tell me. Educate me on coffee. What do I need to know about coffee? Because you are a coffee connoisseur. I don't know anything about coffee that you don't know. (laughs) And we pretty much have the same taste in coffee because we both love Colombian Peaks. And we both love the burnt sugar latte I learned on one of your (laughs) episodes. Ooh, at Milk and Honey in Chattanooga. And uh, yeah, so I take my coffee with cream and sugar because I love myself. So... But honestly, I have slipped in my motherhood, in the motherhood phase of my life, and now I'm drinking Keurig cups almost every day. Are you really? Yes, because it takes 30 seconds. Because it's quick and easy. And John doesn't drink hot coffee, so it's just me drinking hot coffee in the morning, so it's not worth doing a whole French press because I have to get out the door in the morning. So So before babies, you were doing French press. Usually. Usually French press. Sometimes pour over, but I don't like it as well. (laughs) Really? But that's why I say I'm not really a a coffee snob because I think people who like weigh their grams of coffee and do the pour over thing. We don't do that. That's more serious than me. That is serious. We're not there yet. The love is not more serious because I love it, but I don't want to weigh the grams you don't coffee. love it that much. No, I, I, don't, I don't have know. time to I, do that. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> and because it's not. Hashtag I'm a mom. Yeah, I, I literally <laughs> walk in, press down, press the strong button and start it and drink eight ounces. And I'm pregnant, so I can only have one cup. Well, I guess I could have. I This is my second cup today. But you didn't fill your cup all the way. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's hours later after my first caffeine yeah. of the day. So because I can't have a ton, I just savor my one cup and... That's where it's well, at. Well, right okay. Now. I have a confession about Keurig. I have not had a cup of Keurig coffee that I've liked yet. Yeah, I only there's one K cup that is sold at our local Walmart <laughs> where we get to shop that I like. Okay. It's the Green Mountain Yes. Dark Magic. That's the only one that I, I care do their, for. Their their green tea also. Mm-hmm. Uh but I have not I just have to try it, I guess. Dark Magic. And you have to do a 
smaller ounce water. So like I do eight ounces with the cake up to make Dark it strong. Magic. It's pretty strong. Yeah. And there's even like a strong button on my Keurig. So I hit that and it just brews it a little bit slower. So it comes through a little darker. Gotcha. So yeah, I know that that is not coffee snob level coffee <laughs> drinking, but that's where I'm at. I drink that cake up every day, sometimes twice if things are crazy. I understand. So. I understand. You just do what you got to do. Also, I have to apologize that I'm probably going to be breathing so heavy because <laughs> I don't, I don't know why it's something about pregnancy and shortness of breath. I'm like, <gasps> okay, so, <laughs> so I need to take it slow and not talk fast. You're okay. You're okay. And, uh, okay. So I don't want to be panting. And <laughs> like she's not having contractions. She's not in labor. Just out of breath all the time. Are you nervous at all? Um, no, okay. John says I just get excited and I start going fast and then I'm like, <gasps> because you're pregnant, <laughs> like I'm <Okay>. running <laughs> in my mind. Well, because your mind is probably going hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. and your body and everything else is yes. trying to keep up with where your so mind is going. This actually does happen to me all the time, but I'm usually not mic'd. So I'm like <laughs> nervous about sounding really breathy. No, trust so me. just forgive the breathiness, no. everyone. <laughs> So you are uh, pregnant. Yeah, nine months pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like, could have a baby any day. Almost in the any day range. Yeah, kind of in the any day. We're close. Yeah, so, well, when people listen to this, you'll be... Probably having a baby. Uh, probably having a baby. <laughs> probably at the very moment. <laughs> We're close to having one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so, well, we'll talk about babies in a minute. We have just finished up... January's Celebrating Singles series on the podcast. I enjoyed it so much. Okay, that's what I was wanting to ask. I want to take just a minute and you tell me your thoughts on what you've been hearing. I enjoyed it so much. And I, because of the business busyness of life, I have really just tuned into a lot more episodes in January of your podcast. And so I was able to enjoy Laura and Carly and Jen and Emily and Blake and Sean. I think that's everybody. Yeah, Kaylee. Kaylee, yes. So I really enjoyed it. So those are some of my favorite people, Laura yeah. and Jen and Emily and Carly. Because these my are best our people, yeah. and we're we're doing life with them. And yes. so when we can hear them being celebrated for what they're doing yes. and who they are, it just does my heart. I just get this like love burst for my friends. Yes, you know, I enjoyed it so to much. celebrate them. So because you are, you're kind of newly married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if. I had done this a couple of years ago. You would have been one of the people. One of the singles. Yeah, you would have have said, "You and your friend, (laughs) you guys need to chill out." (laughs) That's what I would have said to my next single people. That was my next question is, what would you say? Today, I actually had the thought, like, I hope she asked me something I would say to singles because I would say, don't make this mistake that I made for four years. (laughs) That is that I held out for a long time for someone who just wanted to be my friend. Yes. (laughs) And there's way more to the story than that, but that's the gist. And I go. And I see people doing it all the time and I want to be like, please stop doing that to yourself and to that person and to everyone around you. Yes. (laughs) So what do they need to do instead? Like, how do they need to know that they're doing that? I think that something that would have helped me is to hear someone say, it's not, um, 
is not valiant or gallant. Is it gallant? Is that the word I'm looking for? <laughs> it's not gallant of you to love someone who is not giving you that love in return. Because I felt like, wow, I am so good. I and just, unconditionally I, oh loving. Oh my gosh, I'm an, I love this person unconditionally, even though they are not loving me mm-hmm. back the way I deserve. <laughs> and I was like proud of that in a weird yes. way. It's like the pain of that was like doing something for me, which is, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It was like, the pain of wanting this person to love me back yeah. was making me feel like I was in a relationship with them. Yeah. And I was not in a relationship. I mean, I was in a... In, you were. I was in a way too close friendship with them, but it was never going to be what I wanted. And thank God. <laughs> thank you, God. Thank you, God. Because <laughs> if, if, if I had had everything I wanted, if my life looked right now the way that I was dreaming it would look at, in that moment, I would be probably... We just can't even think about it's it. It's not a good idea. <laughs> so God knew what he was doing. Yeah. And it all worked out for my benefit because he works everything together. And I thought this can never be worked together for my benefit because now I've wasted all these years and all this time. And God really did redeem it all. Yeah, he did. So he has I'll, a way of doing that. I wanna, I'll tell that story more fully later whenever John can come on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> so because. Um, all right. So we talk about if. If you are at all a podcast uh, listener with us, we talk, <laughs> we have mentioned Kaylin's name multiple times and John's name. So I actually, on Carly's conversation where we talked about you two, I made a comment about signing a petition mm-hmm. to get you guys to come on and tell your story about how you met John David will do it. He just, once he gets, I don't know how much he'll talk, but he'll come. Yeah, he'll come. But <laughs> he'll after come. We, after that, I had people messaging me go, I'll sign the petition. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, he'll do it. And he has a really interesting perspective because he was single for way longer than yes. actually any of the people you had on your single Well, I think that, podcast, yes. Except I, for maybe as, as long as Laura, for sure. Longer. I think the biggest thing for John is going to be uh, finding time that he's not busy doing something mm-hmm. because he has a very full schedule. Yes. So yes. we're going to make that happen. Of course, now you have a new baby. So you've been married how many years? Uh, this May will be three years. Three so years. Two and some change. Baby number two on the way. Yes. We have a girl. Yes, we have a girl coming. And so, we already have a boy. How yes. old is Levi? Levi is 18 months, almost 19 months. So the difference between them will be about 20 months. Okay. If she tarries. <laughs> <laughs> At least 19 months, maybe 20. Maybe 20. Uh, your life has had quite a bit of transition then lately, hasn't yes. it? Yes. Everything that uh, could change for a person has changed for me, except for my geographical location in Hamilton. Yeah, so you've been in Hamilton. I've known you 10, ten years. Almost 10. This summer will be 10 years. This summer will be 10 years. And you moved here uh, a kid straight out of school because you're young. How yeah. old are you? I'm Now I'm 27. I was 27. 17 when I moved here. 17 when you moved here yes. to go to ministry school. Yes. Yes. And ministry school started on my 18th birthday. I remember. <laughs> and I've known you and had a relationship with you the entire time I've been here. Yeah, we've I mean, have been friends been the whole time. Yeah. In in some way. Yeah. Uh, have been a part of each other. So you've actually watched my children. Yeah, which is like grow up. The other day when you told me Max was 17, I was like, "What?" Actually, he turns 18 next month. So. <laughs> yeah, it does not seem possible. He's graduating high school and he's going to college in the fall. It's not it doesn't seem possible. Yeah. Maya Cole's driving. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> 
Molly getting married. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I don't know what's more shocking, that or the fact that Max is now the age that I was when I met your family. Yes. That just feels crazy and surreal. Yes. Yes, but, I yeah. didn't even think about that. He is. He's the same yeah. age that you were Yes, when I met you. And he was a baby child then. <laughs> he was a little man he child. He was seven. Yes. <laughs> and cute. <laughs> he is still really cute and funny. He's a mess. So, yeah, so you have pretty much grown up here. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if anybody can talk about transition. <laughs> I've seen a lot since You've I've come here. gone through a lot. Yes. And I've watched you go through a lot. Yes. And you are from Georgia, though. Yes, I grew up in Georgia and moved here in 2010, like you said, to do ministry school. And so I did that for two years. And when I finished, I just knew, I really knew as soon as I came to Hamilton, like that this was not just a nine month program for me or not just a two year program, but that this was like going to be a more permanent home. See, breathy. So I knew as soon as I came that I would probably be here longer than those two years. And obviously that's turned out to be the case. Um, So after that, I started working and I just had so many friends and I felt very settled here. And so I just kind of kept putting my roots down and kept putting them down and kept putting them down. And they just kept growing and growing. Did your mom and dad ever think you were going to come back to Georgia? I think when I first left home, they did think that I was going to come back. Like maybe that I would do a year and come back maybe two years. They didn't know that I was going to be gone, gone when I left at 17. I think that was a really hard thing for all of us to swallow because I'm the oldest oldest in my family too so I was the first to fly the coop and um, at 17 at, yeah at 17 I don't think they even though they knew that I wanted to do ministry school I don't think they expected me to be gone from home yeah from that point forward because you have a really great family yes um, a lot of brothers and sisters yes. little ones still yes yes so I'm the oldest of nine children yeah I'm 27 and my youngest sister is four she turns five this year yeah And praise God they get to live here in Hamilton now. And that's the beautiful part of the story is that a few, several years back, my brother Josiah wanted to come to RSM. And so my whole family relocated here and he was able to go to school and live at home. And now we're all able to be together. Yeah. And my mom is able to watch my little boy which she's doing right now this very moment. <laughs> you have an amazing family. Yes. I love. I'm so thankful that they're here. Family. It would be so much harder to be here if they were not here. Even just the weight of feeling like I'm missing out on my little siblings' lives and everything, I don't feel that weight because I get to be around them more. Yeah, and plus your kids get to be around. Yes. Oh yeah. Your I mean, family. <laughs> Levi thinks he belongs at Grandma's <laughs> house. Like this morning when I carried him in, there was no one. Like at, we were walking through the house and everyone, the house was still asleep, and he was saying, "Hey, hey, <laughs> hey!" Like I'm here. Where is everybody? Yeah. He just loves it. Yeah. He, he's the star of the show in his mind. <laughs> Of course he is. I wonder what he's going to do with a new little sister. Yeah, I'm not sure. It might, it might not go well, but we'll get okay. I don't think he has he a choice. He has been the center of the universe at our house and at grandparents' house and everywhere. Oh, and everywhere. And everywhere. in the friend group he and can't everything. Help it. It's not his fault. No. He didn't ask for this. He just was born into a world where he was like the baby for everybody. Yeah. So. Well, and I love that. That's my kids. I mean, we grew up. I had 
when they were born, I had restaurants. And so they just grew up, mm-hmm. you know, center of attention because they were at work with me and just they had all these people petting them and feeding yes. them. And they yes. just did not lack for attention. All I know is Carly better not like that new baby at all or, <laughs> John, or Levi is going to have a problem. Because Levi's in love with Carly. In love. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and I'm going to say this. Uh, this is all I'm going to say about our singleness thing for the last time. Carly Gerdeau comes and does a podcast. And then and gets then- engaged. <laughs> Like the next day, it's engaged. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, so it worked. Yeah. <laughs> if that was the goal, I don't know. What's we'll funny see. is I was texting you the information about her engagement celebration the very day that she was here at your house. And yes. I didn't realize. I totally would have waited a little while to nope. not make it hard on you. It was no, it was perfect. I was thinking she's probably bursting inside. Yeah, knowing. it let me kind of lead some of the conversation, or you know, a mm-hmm. little bit. So tell me about, tell me about the last 10 years of your life. So we are in 2020, which is, I just very significant. Not only we're starting a new year, a a new new decade. decade. And so I've known you 10 years. It just feels like a whole decade. And I'm seeing so many people are making a shift kind of interest, no matter what age they are, right? are making these huge um, shifts and transitions in their life that feel sudden, but they're not. Right. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's like the whole 10 years has been leading up to these transitions and we didn't know exactly what they were going to look like, but we've been feeling the rumblings for a long time. Yeah. And we're just seeing these little shifts yes. and transition for people. So many people, even that we've been talking to here on the podcast that have had like moves, like moving and changing and changing jobs and all of this stuff that you think you're going to be one place forever or do one thing forever. And suddenly just all these new things. And it's kind of exciting. It is exciting. Um, yeah. So my last 10 years, we started at in 2010, I graduated high school, moved to Hamilton by 2012. I finished that started working 2013. I got hired to work for the ramp in 2013. I have to think about this, make sure that sounds right. Yeah, that does it was, sound right because you had was. an office next to me. <laughs> yes, we were neighbors. Uh, yeah, so I started working for the ramp in 2013, which was my dream job. It's so I was like, this dream is job. it. God placed me here. Yes. I'm doing this forever. It's amazing. Yes. So I started doing um, some social media and marketing and writing, staff writer. I, I was a staff writer, it was my job title. And so I loved that, and I would, was able to start doing that at a time where I felt like social media was changing so rapidly, and even more rapidly than I could keep up with as a like twenty year old millennial. You right, know, I was right, so right. young, and I was doing, you know. Anyways, I was learning a lot on the job, so that was a really fun season, and I really thought I could I could have seen myself doing that forever. So right. then, fast forward a few years down the road. And, um, in, let's see, like sometime in 2015, I started to really develop a heart for the UK. And I actually made plans to go spend time in Scotland with Joe and Stacy Reeser while they were in Scotland. I remember that. Yes. And so I was planning on doing that until this big transition happened there with them. And they realized this was not going to go the way they had planned. And so I had to change my plans. So anyways, that left me in this weird, interesting that it was exactly in the middle of the decade. I was in this weird interim, like, okay, I have done all of these things with the ramp. And then I 
thought that I was about to shift gears and do something different. And now I'm, I've still shifted gears, but I don't know what I am going to do. Yeah. And so being in that place caused me to really like dig and decide what do I have in my hand? What can I do to make some money? What can I do entrepreneurially? Because I live in a tiny town and there's not a ton of opportunity. And I lived with Carly at the time. She was starting her business that same year. And so she and I were just like in this zone of the world is our oyster. We can do (laughs) anything. And so I started uh, doing like a, I started a small business doing art for people and doing calligraphy, primarily hand lettering. So I was doing some hand lettering workshops and classes and then doing a lot of custom work for people for weddings and Where did that idea come from? I had just loved doing it for a long time as a hobby for a while. And um, actually, you gave me the opportunity to paint journals and put them in the (laughs) Ramp bookstore. And so that was a part of initiating that. love for I always loved art I always did art even before I came before I was in high school even I loved art did art and then I just developed a love for hand lettering and calligraphy maybe the two years leading up to that time in 2015. Did you just watch videos how did you learn to do it? Yeah I had um, actually Delana uh, yes. Wood taught me a few techniques and I just ran with it. So she showed me a couple things and I was like, I can do this. And so I just started practicing and practicing. And you know, from watching Molly, who's incredible at it now mm-hmm. that it's just like the more you do it, the more naturally it comes and the better it starts to look. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was not looking good at first. When I, <laughs> when I look back, I'm like, ooh, she let me sell that. Ooh, somebody paid money for it. They did, and they loved they it. They loved it, but, you know, the standard was lower. This is before <laughs> Hobby Lobby had the level of things it has now. So it's way before Hobby yes. Lobby. So, I mean, not before Hobby Lobby existed, of course. No, but before they started taking they, all of our ideas. Exactly. And <laughs> putting them in our stores. And then making billions of dollars off of yeah. them. Yeah. Thanks, Hobby Lobby. Yeah. So anyway, so I started doing this business and Carly was doing her business and we were going to craft shows and just having fun doing that. And we actually were, we called it being fun employed. (laughs) We were unemployed, but we were having a lot of fun doing it. (laughs) That is so great. I so feel that. (laughs) Fun employed. She's still fun employed, but (laughs) I am just regular old employed now. (laughs) But honestly, no regrets because fun employment has its downsides too. Yes. So anyways, (laughs) she and I just did all kinds of crazy things for money that y'all mentioned on her podcast. Like we were making and selling lattes and donuts and um, latte grams, like sending messages to people with lattes (laughs) and like... (laughs) Just whatever we could think of. I love it because it was all so fun and so creative. And you're just using the same customer base, just giving them a new service. Exactly. And so anyways, during this time, I'm still, we, I, like I said, we felt like the world is our oyster. I could do anything. So I feel, and so now in, at this point in my life, I feel very entrepreneurially geared and I'm having lots of business ideas and I'm like, well, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do, you know? So then I, I could kind of see how the years of social media and marketing and writing, the creativity of those things, and then plus the artistic 
side of things, the entrepreneurial side of things. I could see how it was all marrying together and working and people were interested and wanting to see what I was doing and wanting to come to these workshops and it was working. Yeah. And so um, I thought maybe I could do this forever. So like in this decade, I had one path with just, just social media and writing where I thought I could do this. And then I have another path with entrepreneurship and I thought I could definitely do this which that's like just kind of a part of who I am regardless. Yeah. Like it's like once you get bitten by that entrepreneurial bug, you just yes. can't stop having And if you're not ideas. doing it for yourself, you're going to give people the ideas yes. and help people with their like ideas. Like Carly said, and- we kept trying to get someone to make candles. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it, I gave this idea to some really smart people who were like, Hey, give me a business idea. And I'm like, I got you. This will work. And no one took us up on it. So we just had to do it ourselves. So now y'all got a side hustle yeah, making I, candles for fun. Now I pour candles at night. <laughs> but um, anyway, so, okay. At this point in my decade, 2016 is when I let go of my relational hangups <laughs> that we were talking about at the beginning of wow. this podcast. Wow, so, okay, which you cannot deny the timing. No, it was perfect timing. Of how all of that happened once you were able to let go of some things Absolutely that were holding you connected. back. Absolutely connected. So it was like the very end of 2015, I... 2015 was a very hard year for me emotionally because of the whole Scotland thing. And so I was very disappointed. Yeah, I was very disappointed. Scotland's not working out. Now I'm not this social media guru for the ramp like I used to be. And I found a lot of identity in that. So it's like, that's not happening anymore. Scotland didn't work out. Now I'm just like in this really weird funk. And the whole relational thing was like not working and I'm like getting older at this point. So I'm like, this is, I've got to, you know, there's got to be some kind of change, but I don't know how to make change happen. Yeah. So like at the very end of 2015, I'm like, I am leaving this bad relational habit in 2015. Like I made that decision. Okay. And so in 2016, I started to have some serious eye-opening revelations about love in general, not even concerning the person that I ended up marrying. But in 2016, I'll tell that story more at, on our yes. on our sequel. Yes, when John and you are <laughs> yes. both here, yes. I want to hear about so it. So I'll kind of skim over the okay. details of that for now. But in 2016 was the year where we dated, engaged. We dated and got engaged. And then in 2017, we got married. So in 2016... When we got, we started dating, got engaged, I was still doing my art stuff and it was toward the end of 2016 where we're engaged now, we're planning a wedding. Now I need money. Not like got to get by money, but like I need like <laughs> life money, like I'm going to be somebody's wife money. So I decide to apply for a job at our local newspaper. Mm-hmm. So I get a job at the Journal Record, mm-hmm. Marion County's news source since 1970 something. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> Here. Which the editor well, of the newspaper is my friend Scott. Is Scott and he and Madison were here. They were one of our very first episodes yes. on the podcast. He had just gotten that promotion. Yes, as the editor of the Scott newspaper. Scott is awesome at the newspaper, and I helped him get that job. <laughs> but anyway, so <laughs> you're welcome, Scott. <laughs> at the end of 2016, I get a job at the newspaper. Actually, they just celebrated 40 years, so it had to be 1979. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. So anyways, um, but it was a good fit because it's regular money. I needed regular money. (laughs) And um, I had a lot of good writing experience. And so I was able to kind of plug right in and 
go. So I got a job at the newspaper at the end of 2016 and it worked out because I had this writing experience from past work experience. So I was able to just plug right in and do well there. And what that job really did for me was uh, connect me to people in this community in a way that I had not been connected to. And when I say this community, I mean Hamilton, Marion County at large. So this area in Alabama where we Which is huge because that's like not even an area I'm tapped into. And I've lived here over 11 years, but because of the nature of my job... It's uh, it's hard to unless you work with the public. Traveling, exactly. Traveling and go to the office and I'm home and just not, even though I love our town, I'm not really tapped into... The, yeah, the details and the people I wasn't either in any way. And so when I hear people talk about that and how they are have their finger on the pulse of the community, I'm like, I'm not there yet, but I want to be. Yes. So that job really helped me connect. Do that. Yes. Yeah. And um, my husband works at a local pharmacy here. And so he is very connected to the community he knows everybody and even before he worked at the pharmacy he worked with the public at restaurants he worked with the public in in multiple ways and so he has always been connected he that's i think that's a gift of his really is like a community person he is just so, so easily ingrained into the community of a place and even when we go and visit his hometown in illinois everyone people there know him they recognize him he knows all these business leaders and they love him and i'm like you're the same person everywhere <laughs> like everyone knows you here and they know you in alabama but anyways so i that was the first time in my at that point i'd been living in hamilton six years and that was the first time i started to really connect with the community and by that i mean i'm going to city council meetings i'm going to county commission meetings i'm going to school board meetings and so now all of these elected officials are meeting me and i mean you know local people sure not not, not you know nothing crazy but <laughs> in our town of hamilton with yeah. six thousand people exactly <laughs> but but it was still a really great way to start meeting those people. And so while I'm working there, I get this job offer from the county administrator who works for the Marion County Commission. And she wanted me to come and join her staff and do accounts payable. So I'm like, I don't know, like, (laughs) I'm not an accountant type person. And that's what that job is. It's like taking in invoices, entering them into a system, writing checks, paying bills, doing clerical type work, accounting type work, office job, which my my journal record job was an office job, but it was a very creative office job because I'm writing. You're writing, right. Writing, taking photos. Not doing administrative stuff. Exactly. I was interviewing people. I was going out to events, stuff like that. So when she- And this was in 2017? In 2017, she first approached me. Okay. And so this was actually, when she first approached me, it was only like five months after I'd started working at the Journal Record. But I met her because I had started covering the county commission meetings for work. Gotcha. And so anyways, at that time, my the editor of the newspaper was having a knee replacement surgery. So I said, no, my boss is out for six weeks. I can't leave him hanging because I would have had to work a two-week notice and then leave to come work for her. And I was like, I feel uncomfortable with this. He's not like 
with it because he's on pain medicine and he is <laughs> counting on me and I just can't do that. Yeah. So I tell her no at that time, which I think ultimately probably just made her want me even more because she was like, yes, loyalty. <laughs> so I told her no. And then she hires someone else. And about nine months later, it's not working out with the person that she hired. So she approaches me again and she's like, please put in an application I want you to come work here. It's really good benefits. Have you looked at our benefits? You know, she's like trying to talk me into it. So I'm like, okay. So I apply because the um, hours are really good. The benefits are good. The holidays are good. So I'm like, you know, this is not the kind of work I envisioned myself doing, but money speaks. So So basically you were doing it because you just needed a job and the money and the benefits, but this wasn't what you were thinking you were going to do for the rest of your life. Not at all. So in the job, so what do you feel like you were passionate? What what were you feel like you were born to do at that time? I, well, okay. Like in general, what do I feel like I was born to do or at the time at that time I'm thinking I want to be like an influential writer, communicator, artist, person, not communicator as in ministry communication, but more like through art, through writing, yes, through creative outlets. I want to help inspire people. Okay. Okay. So I'm like, I can see how the newspaper job kind of fits into these things that I like. Yeah. I mean, it's not like so far out of my wheelhouse. It's out of my wheelhouse, but not all the way out. But this new job that I'm being approached about was all the way out of my wheelhouse. But I took it anyways because because of the money. Yeah. So so I take this job and I start doing accounts payable at the county commission office. And people, even people in my life are like, you're doing what? (laughs) (laughs) I remember Laura specifically when I told her was like, oh, that's just not what I... anticipated and I'm like me and you both Laura (laughs) know what to tell you (laughs) so by this time I had been working at the journal record for over a year when I did finally take the job at the county commission office and by this time I'm also married so those are that was a big life update yes that was a lot to happen in one year I was married and I was pregnant with Levi yes you were when I took this job (laughs) at the county commission which was also one of the reasons why I took it because it's uh, like free insurance and I needed it was it was really just came down to this job offered me good benefits for the fact that I'm about to be a new mother. Yes. So anyways, I take this random job that I never applied for that I never put in a resume for. I mean, I did apply for it because she asked me to but like I didn't. Yeah, you weren't to. seeking this. Exactly. She came to you exactly. Twice. Yes. And um, so I am not qualified for it. I have no experience doing accounts payable, but I take this job (laughs) and I learn from her and I do fine. It all works out. And I enjoy working there because it is not a hard job. You know, it's a government job. So there's lots of holidays. It's like, you know, just, just the most adulty job ever. Okay. Yeah. It's like paid sick time, you know, like I think probably the worst thing about your job though, is that parking lot. You have to get the worst. In that parking lot is the worst <laughs> every day. And if you know where she works, you know exactly yes, what I'm talking it's, about. It's easier to get out than in. Yes. Getting in only if you're difficult. turning right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Has to be the worst parking yes. lot in all of Hamilton it is, to get in and out of. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, I took this job. So then, okay, fast forward to, so that was in 2017 when I took that job. Wait, no, let me, excuse me. That was in 2018 when I took the job at the County Commission. Then I had Levi in June 2018, took some time off, then came back to work there because 
I, out of necessity, just needed to. And then a year later, so this last year in 2019, my boss who hired me, who pursued me to come there, she is offered a really great job in a different county. And so she decides to take that job and recommend me to be county administrator. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the curveball of all curveballs. So it's like letting me be mayor. That is basically what it feels like. Like who let me, who let me do this? So in like the span of a couple of years, I go from being fun employed with my BFF delivering lattes and making art for a living. Yeah. And then like a few years later, I'm now quote unquote county administrator. And now I administrate government meetings and elected officials and like am doing accounting for a whole county in Alabama, like millions of dollars I'm responsible for, stuff like that. Yeah, but you're doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> Like you're really doing it. I mean, I've only been like, doing it for a little be while. The mayor, but you are actually doing this. You know what? You could be the mayor because it is just as plausible. So this is like the craziest turn of events in my life so far. Everything up until this point made some sense, but now it's like, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. I just got a job doing something I did not apply for. I did not have any work experience for, except for my two years experience in that office yeah. working under her. So I had no other, I've never even taken, taken one accounting class in my entire life, not even in high school or college or anything, no accounting class. And now I do accounting all the time, all day long. <laughs> I've never done payroll before I do payroll. Um, it's just like the most bizarre turn of events. And That's so like Jen Zetra were talking about her yes, teaching job. Yes. How she didn't even really have her degree yet and right. wasn't even looking for a job and they wanted to hire her to be a music teacher. Yes. For six hundred students. Yes. It's it a very just, similar feeling to that. Interesting. Yes. And so anyway, since like this just happened in um I started as administrator in November of last year of 2019. So I've only been doing it for like two months. So this county commission <laughs> yeah, hired me. Yeah, right. Not too bad. Anyways, this county commission appoints me as administrator and they know that I'm like about to have a baby, have no experience and no degree. And they unanimously appoint me to this position. <laughs> Just look at God. So, I, and I haven't done my research, like I haven't called all 67 Alabama counties, but I'm probably the one of the younger, definitely one of the younger, oh, if not the youngest. I would say so. Administrator, because they're usually, it's usually a career, a career long thing. thing. Yes. So then you do it for 30, 40 years. So when you were like at the end of the year, because I know you're probably kind of goal driven and you kind of like planning things out a little bit. When you were thinking of 2020 and starting a new year and a new decade, what did you think you were going to be doing? Just like just being a mom, yeah, the two kids yeah, and a wife. I was focused and like content with the fact that my focus is on my family. It's on growing our family, nurturing these kids and working out of necessity for our family, not really working because I feel like a, a huge sense of purpose in it. But that's a huge transition that's happened in me this year coming into 2020 is now I see this huge sense of purpose in it that I did not see before. Explain. So I, I really believe that the Lord is teaching me that he is going to place you where he's going to place you, whether you want to be there or not. 
<laughs> oh, that can preach. <laughs> not that I don't want to be there. And that's not what I Just mean. Just not what you were thinking. It's not at all what I was thinking. And so I led you through my last 10 years. I'm like, yes, ministry. I yes. see writing. I see yes. social media, yes. marketing, art, entrepreneurship. I see all of that. Okay. Family, kids. I see it. It's all making sense. It all fits. And this job is like, what? Why are you doing that? And people even ask me all the time, like, you do, what do you do? <laughs> because it's like, it does, they, and I feel this way. I have felt this way too. They feel like it doesn't make sense with my history. Right. Which I totally understand. Yeah. But there is no reason why me, Kaylin Moore, would have been given this appointment as county administrator to have a leadership responsibility over government funds, people, money, constituents, meetings, all of this stuff. God put me there. Like I didn't ask to be put there. I didn't apply for it. I didn't go to school for it. I didn't train for it. He just placed me there. And it reminds me of stories even like in the Bible where people are placed in situations where they did not. Daniel and Joseph and. Exactly. And so, and what's crazy is even before I came to Hamilton, when I was in high school, I had a passion for government and I even considered going to school for law because I was so passionate about politics. Oh, really? Yes. So I I had those things in my mind because I loved (laughs) Uh, the idea of being like an advocate for social justice and yeah in the political realm I can see that and so but I but I made a sharp decision to go into ministry <laughs> school instead of pre-law and because maybe you felt like ministry school it was I think it was, was because at that time when I was 17 i Felt so much passion for Jesus. I thought, first of all, I can't even go to a university campus because I'm just going to explode there. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I have to go be around some people who are going to cultivate this in me and who are going to grow with me and go in this direction with me. And then I might go in that direction later in life. I kind of just had enough vision to see at that time that I was not going to be focused on school because I was like so wanting to be in the world of ministry and Jesus and passion for Jesus. Yeah. Which you can have passion for Jesus in all of these other areas, but sometimes with what our ministry school does here, uh, which is amazing, it comes in and equips people. You find that place where for two years you can come be around other people like you that are just like exploding on the inside for Jesus. That's what I wanted to be around. And, and grow and mature in the things of God and then carry this like passion yes. that you've got into these other areas that you're also passionate about and politics business you know the marketplace nursing being a teacher all of these things so i think that some people get into ministry um or they're exploding for jesus and they think that all they can do is, min- is ministry, ministry and yeah. within the church like public platform ministry church planning evangelist mm-hmm. instead of realizing i can be passionate for jesus and be a lawyer yes yes totally. you know Totally. Yeah. I just at 17 was like, I don't know what it is I want to do career wise, but I know that I have passion for Jesus and I just need to go be around some other people who have some passion for Jesus. Well, you got to for a long time and you're still here. And I get to be planted here around that all the time. And it just like gives me life, even though I'm not nearly as connected to like the, the core of what's going on in the ministry here. I'm still so connected 
Yes. And like for life, like I feel like my feet are in the cement of the foundation. (laughs) Yeah, I think you are actually a perfect picture of what God wants to do in the earth to come in, to bring people into places, to equip them to be sent out. Yeah. I think that's just a kingdom thing where you were sent out. You geographically stayed in the same (laughs) city. I was sent out to the county commission office, which (laughs) is a half a mile away from the ramp. So knowing that God put you in that position, how did that change then how you viewed who you were and what you're called to do. Yes. It really has helped me tremendously because I don't feel so much like weird guilt. Cause before I felt kind of guilty, like I'm, a, I'm working, but I don't know that there's a lot of purpose in it. And what is my purpose? And am I, am I putting my purpose to yeah, decide I, just to make some money? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, am I putting my purpose on hold? Cause that's not something I want to do. And it's like, now that I see how God led me to this opportunity, I'm like, okay, I wasn't putting anything on hold. This was a process that it were, and now God is able to use me in a way that I wasn't able to be used before right. in a way that artists, 2015 Kaylin could have never (laughs) been used it's like it's just a crazy series of events so anyways I see a lot of um purpose in what where I've been placed now and I also see how the journey all had purpose like the journal record job had purpose and doing accounts payable at my office had purpose because now I'm way more equipped to do what I'm doing because I have an understanding of how that office works and all of those things. So it's just crazy. And then now I can look back 10 years and say, I have had this passion for government and now I get to be involved in government. And even though my, my government that I'm closely involved with is a small local government, it, it is a part of a bigger picture. And now I'm being introduced to state representatives and senators and congressmen. I just mean now, like the people I'm being connected to are no longer just local people. Now there it's, I'm being, I'm a part of this other world that I never, ever would have been a part of. Yeah. And you were talking about, you know, 2013 Kaylin wanting to have influence and be a person of influence. And you're now a person of influence in a way that I would have never never dreamed. dreamed. Yeah. And it, the people that I'm connected to and working with now are people that I never would have met if I had not said yes to the journal record job (laughs) or to the accounts payable job and now to the administrator job. So anyways, I don't even know where it's headed. Like, I don't like, I don't know what 2030 looks like when looking back on these 10 years that we're entering into, I really don't know, but now I'm seeing, Oh, this whole other realm is opened up to me that I could have never opened for myself. Yeah. And so I've just been encouraged that, you know, like there are several years, the last several years, even though they've been happy, happy years for me because of family and kids and marriage and all of that. So very fulfilling in that way. They've also been very big question mark years like, ooh, what what should I be doing to propel my life forward? Am I being intentional with my gifts? Am I burying my gifts? What are my gifts? Yeah. You know, I've been asking all these questions and I still do ask those questions, but I'm like kind of letting go 
in a sense, in a way that I haven't let go before, because I see the sovereignty of God in the story more than I've ever seen it before at this point. Like I see that he has kind of moved me into a place that I couldn't have prepared myself for very well because I could have never imagined. Right. So I don't, you know, I don't know how I could have been intentional four years ago to place to, myself here. In this position. I couldn't have. Yeah. Like only God could have done it. Yeah. So I'm like, it is actually so encouraging because it's like, you know what? If you're surrendered to God and you want what he wants for your life, you don't have to do so much to make it happen. Mm -hmm. You can just live in a place where God is able to move you (laughs) into position. And that's what's happening with so many friends. Like you said, they're just being moved in ways they didn't expect, didn't see, didn't plan for. And so in in a way... Oh, I sure didn't plan on doing a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I guess my encouragement to all the peoples out there is just that God is more in charge and more sovereign than we even like to think sometimes. We think that our role is so important (laughs) and so much bigger and what we do or don't do affects our destiny so much. And that is only true to a point. And then there is this truth of God's sovereignty where he is going to place you places he is going to do things in you and through you and with you that you couldn't have prepared for or that he's been preparing you for all along and you couldn't have seen it yeah and even the timing of it maybe there's been something that you're being prepared for and it's not time you couldn't have stepped into this five years ago no where you were like it was there was an appointed time for this to happen and i think it's so important how you're talking about all of these other jobs you did they all like nothing was wasted in that god was using all of these things uniquely to position you for where you are today yes and when you just talked about 2030 i just i like kind of just my heart kind of stopped for a minute i'm like 2030 like we're gonna look back on this day in 10 years and like i haven't even really thought of that because i've been so much about the present right now like what is happening now that i forgot in 10 years we're gonna look back at this and go Remember when ten Kay years ago we had just, no idea she was just the yeah. county administrator, and we thought that that was her life purpose. Like, what are you going to be doing then? And we're going to go, yeah, but that was a part of her story. Yeah. even then, doesn't that uh, free you up just a little so bit? Much, honestly, so much because I, my whole life, I've been like. Uh, my prayer has just been like, God, use me, God, use me, God, use me, please, God, use me. Mm. And so I feel like I can never, there have been times where I felt like I could never just get to where God could fully use me. And now from this perspective, looking back over the last 10 years, I realize God is able to use everything. God yeah. is able to use my effort and he's able to use when I don't put forth any effort. He's able to use my mistakes and he's able to use my gifts. And there's no part of the story that he can't use. And there's no part of the story that hasn't led up to this moment. You know what I just thought about? What if those four years and that one um, friend thing really was keeping you from putting your eyes on anybody else so that you could marry John Moore. (laughs) Could have been. Like, what if that was just kind of keeping you busy? Yeah. And so, like, that wasn't even wasted. Yeah. No, it definitely wasn't wasted. Yeah. It definitely wasn't. How the Lord used all of those things. How are you balancing um, work? Because you have a very big job. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can just kind of tap out. Yeah, right. no, you have to be all in. How are you balancing work and motherhood? You have a toddler at home and a baby on the way. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? How are you thinking that in your brain? Well, there are lots of thoughts, 
One, <laughs> I think that every working mother has some level of guilt. I have some mommy guilt that I feel that I put on myself, not that other people put on me necessarily, yeah. but some level of guilt of like, am I doing the right thing? Could I be doing something better for my family? So what I have to do is number one, trust that God is leading me and that if it's not the right thing for my family anymore, that he will lead me right out of it because he has that. I mean, he put you there in that position. Exactly. So So I trust that and I believe that he put me in that position. And so believing that I am where I'm supposed to be helps me to feel, to not feel guilty. Good. So that's one big factor. Um, But you know, there are days where it's excruciating to leave your toddler and not be at home all day with them. Yeah. And, but you know what? There are days where staying at home with your toddler is excruciating. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) there are days I know single, not single. I meant to say stay at home moms who have very hard days and I have very hard days and we're not different. It's like we're, we all just love our kids so much and are doing our best And so I don't necessarily even think that it's harder or easier. It's just what are you supposed to be doing? Because there is grace for what you're supposed to be doing. And you can kind of settle in your mind. You know, a mother who's having a hard time at home every day, wanting to get out, wanting to be talking with adults, wanting to be, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to be doing what I'm doing in some ways. she has to know I'm doing exactly what God has asked me to do and I'm placing some things on hold and it's not easy every day, but this is where I'm supposed to be. I have that same conversation with myself. Yes, you do. I'm placing things on hold. I'm sacrificing some things that I don't want to sacrifice, but I believe that I'm where God placed me and I have to trust that to be able to do it. Yeah. So it's like, it's just a doing hard things thing. Yeah. It's not always easy. <laughs> Hashtag adulting. <laughs> yeah. It's not always easy. And it's not always hard. It's not always excruciating, like I said. No, but it's that thing that stretches you and grows you and expands your capacity to yes. be able to do more, to handle more. Yes. It really is a stretching and a growing thing. And I love that your perspective on that is I'm right where I'm supposed to be. So there's a grace for uh, my husband. There's a grace for my children. There's a grace for our home to be able to do and be everything. And honestly, that's another thing is that my husband is extraordinarily supportive and makes home life so easy because his expectations are like exactly never super high of me to like perform and be an incredible, not. Not not that I'm not incredible, but he's not <laughs> expecting me to run our household completely by myself and to run Marion County by myself. Yeah. <laughs> he's like not <laughs> expecting that. Yeah. And that helps me so much that he he really he and I shoulder the load of our home together. together. And yep. we do it all together. We do you parenting do. Together, do parenting and together and we do we entertain together and we cook and we clean and we do everything to we both do everything. And so he works all day and I work all day and then we come home and some days he sits and I cook and some days I sit and he cooks and we clean up together and we put our baby to bed together and we just shoulder that load together. And that is um, a huge, huge, huge help to me. Yeah. Um, so that's one factor for sure. But the big one is just knowing that you are where you're supposed to be, because I'm trying to keep the perspective of even if I were at home, mm-hmm. if that's if that were the dream, if that is the dream. Some days it feels like the dream (laughs) (laughs) at home with my little kids 
there would be really beautiful days of that and really difficult days of that. Sure. And that's the same thing I experience as a working mother. There are really difficult days and there are really beautiful days. And yeah. I just, we, we're just all out here doing our best. <laughs> when I was um, a single mom, so I had the three kids. I was a single mom for 10 years before Dave and I married. And I had to work. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have a choice. And, like, there was no plan B. This mm-hmm. was it. This was this was it. I mm-hmm. had to work. My kids would want to be homeschooled like all their other friends. And I'm like, guys, I just can't. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to go to school. And that was our plan A. And that was what I knew we were supposed to be doing and that was what we could do. And so for you to be um, a full-time working mom is your plan A because that's exactly where God has positioned you to be. Mm -hmm. And for you to be at home would be a plan B because that's not where he's put you for this season of your life. And so same for other moms who are at home, that's their plan A for this season. Now, can God change? Yes. Does that mean the plan changes? No, that this is your season now. This is your assignment. It may not be forever. And it may not be forever. And you don't know how long. You could end up home with your two kids next year and you don't even know And I'd have a great time doing that. (laughs) And that doesn't mean, and I think if we could let people uh, off the hook, Mm -hmm. like if you don't do that thing or that you're dreaming about or just be where God wants you to be. Yes. That's your plan A. Yes. And just be all in wherever he has you even if it looks different than you thought it would be. Yes, totally. I think of people that have uh, so much vision. Like, I, you're a visionary, and I explode with vision. Like, I have ideas constantly. Yeah, Like same. I'm writing them down. Mm -hmm. I I have a piece of notepaper right over here right now. I was writing ideas before you even got here of just some things that are not even about this. But I'm always thinking and, and have to remember, the vision is yet for an appointed time. Yes, Though it tarry, wait for it, for it will surely come. Timing is everything. Timing is everything with the Lord. How do we know? How do you feel like we would know? Could we ever miss it? That is such a great question because I have lived years of my life in fear that I was going to miss it, in quotations, whatever it is. And even in like relationships, like I thought, with like when I before, when I was single, I thought, am I going to miss it? Am I going to p- let something pass me by? Is it really my responsibility to catch it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. I I kind of feel like we can delay it with disobedience or things like that, but I don't really feel like we can miss it. Yeah, I think that that's what I'm. I've learned and what I'm embracing going into my new decade is. I'm not missing it because if you are missing it, God will just pick you up and he's, place you in some crazy he's job. He's big enough <laughs> that he can do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't feel like we can miss it. I think we could disobey and delay it. And um mm, but true. I don't I don't think we can miss what he's doing. What he's doing. If we if it's in our heart not to miss it. You know, yeah. I mean, I think that you can just deny what's what what God is doing and run away from it. And that would be under the category of disobedience, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of examples of that, even in the Bible where people delayed what was the inevitable for years and years and decades and decades. But did they miss it? Some of them missed seeing it because of their Disobedience. disobedience. But God still did it. Oh, I don't want to miss it, and I don't want to delay it either. Right. No, me either. Oh. But I don't think that that's a thing to live in fear from if your heart is in a yeah. posture of, God, please don't let me miss it. You know, yeah. if your heart is in that posture, 
I don't, I don't think there's an example of someone whose heart was in a healthy posture who missed it. Yeah. I mean, that they, they saw it, they on at least on the level that they were intended to see it. Yeah. I think so many people right now are at least people that I know and people that I'm around are living in so much transition and have so many of those question marks, like what is going on? What am I supposed to be doing? I mean, I even sit and go, God, right now, am I right now in 2020, February 3rd, doing everything you want me to be doing? Am 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 I missing something? And I just have to go back to... Well, what are you doing? What is God doing today? Yeah. Don't worry about everything else ahead of you. Like yes. it's for an appointed time, and Just the sovereignty say yes of God. To what is right in front of you, and what's right in front of me is this: get yes. to have coffee with people, yes, and talk to them. So, recap for me. Give give us some final thoughts for people who are maybe not understanding where they are in their journey. Life is not looking like they thought it would, or they have a goal they're pursuing. What do they need to be doing? How do they get something to fall in their lap? Yeah. Just wait. I feel like one thing that I guess you could do, I can't think my whole thing is that we, we put so much pressure on what we need to do Do. and God is bigger even than what, than our to-do list. But (laughs) I think one thing that would help is to say, is to even just have a place in your heart of prayer saying, God, will you show me the bigger picture here? Will you show me how you're using where I'm at right now or mm-hmm. what the, not, not that he's going to show you the full plan because we know he doesn't usually, but, <laughs> but he will give you perspective and grace to keep going one foot in front of the other. Yes. And um, so I just asked the Lord to give me perspective. And um, a lot of times, this is really funny, but in the mornings when I'm having my quiet moment with my coffee, I usually ask the Lord to help me deal with people. <laughs> because like God is not he's not mad that I prayed that because I'm just trying to be nice to people yes and I feel like just asking him Lord I'm saying Lord I'm frustrated because Mm -hmm. I don't see the big picture I don't see how you're using these small things in front of me but I'm still saying yes to the last thing that I believe you You put before me to do And I believe that God will keep leading you. And it really doesn't always look like what you thought it would look like. Like you probably didn't think you were going to be doing this podcast Mm -mm. a couple years ago. Mm -mm. You didn't know what the next two years were going to look like. You're saying yes to that. You have no idea where it's going to lead. You have no idea what it may open up. But I, I would bet money that it will open up something because God led you to do it. Yeah. So I think just saying yes to whatever the last thing you felt led to do and then also asking the Lord for perspective even on the small things that, that you're doing, doing every now. day yeah yes because we are part of a bigger picture uh, like what what you were saying sometimes we can get so caught up and focused on who we are and what is our purpose mm-hmm. and what do I need to be doing instead of realizing that we are just a small piece of something much yes. bigger yes so it makes me think of here we're small town Hamilton Alabama but how can I make a difference? in my city, in my county? What, based on all the meetings you've been in, where do I, somebody like me, need to get involved? I have three thoughts on how you or anyone who is kind of disconnected from their local government or their community can get more involved. Okay. One is giving two craps about what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so like by that, I mean, read the newspaper, follow what's going on, know your mayor's name, you know, things yeah. like that. Because so many people who come into a community from a different community, they see themselves as a non-permanent part of that community. Yes, that's true. And, and so just living here They just, for just kind season. of don't care about the things that are going oh, on. Oh, so true. But if you'll invest a little bit emotionally or even just mentally in the things that are happening in your local city council, your county commission, your... Um, just all of your elected officials, the thing there that, you know, we elected them to make decisions that do affect us. Yeah. Even, even us who are, who believe we're semi-permanent yeah, we're members just here of a community. For a year or two. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say care about what's going on. And honestly, the best way to find out is to read the newspaper. Okay. And it's a small town newspaper and it there are silly things in it. There are really <laughs> silly things in it. And sometimes because I used to work there and my friends still do work there, I will take a picture of the silly things and be like, are you kidding me? This is, <laughs> this is in the paper this week. One story that I had to write when I was there was about a mule named Blue. Blue the mule. He actually lived near where you live. Jerry Brown? Yes, Jerry Brown's mule. He died while I was working at the journal record, and I had to write a cover story about a mule named Blue. Maya Cole's class took a field trip and met 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 Blue Blue the mule, and Mm -hmm. she said they drank chocolate milk from the mule, but they didn't. But they were told to tell their parents <laughs> that, that the mule gave them chocolate milk wow. to drink. So we've heard of yeah, <laughs> Blue the mule. So he was a legend, and he got a story written about him by me on the cover of the journal. Kaylin, nothing is wasted. <laughs> but God used it. Here God used that story. Yeah, so caring about what's going on. And that would be one way. Um, registering to vote. I'm a big advocate of asking people to register to vote. Even if you're semi-permanent in this area, if you're only going to live here two years, if you're just going to do RSM here and then go on back, you still can vote. Even this year is a presidential election. So it would be really a great time for you to register to vote in Alabama. Make sure that when that presidential election rolls around, you have a place to go vote here in Hamilton because you're not going to be back home. And I think that these are all things that anybody in any community can can gravitate towards because sometimes I feel like in church, church cultures, we keep everything else so separate, right? Like this is my church life. And we kind of stay in this little bubble where we don't get involved in our communities and right. in healthy ways and make a difference in that. Like you're making a difference in, in our County commissioner office. Mm-hmm. Like you are making a difference mm-hmm. there. And just one by just being a kind person right, just who being, operates in, in with integrity. Yeah, just being an honest person honest, who's reliable, Lord, who's going to be kind. That yes. makes a difference. Huge difference. Being that kind of person in any workplace in a community makes a big difference. And I think that that probably has a lot to do with how you are positioned where you are now. Because you were just operating... Just being which, myself. Being yourself, which is sometimes an extraordinary thing these days. Right. In the world. Um, Another thing uh, we were talking about, about shopping local. Mm -hmm. Find your small businesses. So one of the things I love to do, we have a lot of people that do a lot of businesses or Mm -hmm. have creative things that they do. They don't have storefronts, Mm -hmm. but... Support people that live in your community, whether they bake cakes or they paint journals or they do 
travel yeah. bookings for you. You know, we have a lot of people that do that. Financially support people who are bringing what you want in your community. So like if I want more art in my community, if I want more artistic expression, I should totally be supporting all the people who are trying to bring that into the community. Yes. Because it's difficult. I mean, you know, when it's not going on, you kind of feel like you're shouldering it all by yourself as yeah. an entrepreneur out there making stuff and trying to make some money. So yeah, definitely shop local and support people who are bringing what you want to see more of in your community. Yeah. I'm ready to see, um, I'm ready to see like a Chip and Joanna come, like there's somebody in Hamilton that's the Chip and Joanna. Oh my goodness. Yes. And they're going to come in. They just need to be awakened right now. Is it you, Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Let it be, Lord. Let it be. you guys see her house? gorgeous uh, that would be like a dream yes to be able to go in and, and like consult with people oh i would okay. do it all day long Honestly, but i don't know how to make money doing it there but are people out there with money and houses melissa we just gotta hook you up we right, hook to, a sister up but like i lord help me connect <laughs> melissa to the people in this city with money who need a refresh on their house i would do it because because to come in and and change the culture and the environment of a city and to see it grow and thrive and like bless our city, our, to see our city prosper and the people in our city fully alive mm-hmm. in their gifts and what they're created to do and have this amazing, our downtown, mm-hmm. you know, being revitalized and all the work that's been going on down mm-hmm. there. And I mean, it really looks totally different than 10 years ago. Completely different. I think, I think... On Google Maps or something, there's a street view of the old downtown. And it's horrible. And it's awful. Especially all the cords. I just remember there being like tons and tons of like power lines and crazy Everywhere lines and the broken and down roads. And, and so even just what they've done to beautify downtown and things yes. like that. It may, Things like that when I see that and like people caring about our city and our community. Yes. I'm like, yes, I can and you know come who does that, that kind of stuff? Who? Your local government leaders. <laughs> <laughs> They're out here applying for grants. Um, I need to be <laughs> paving some. streets. Yes. No, I'm being silly. But, but you know, if, if beautification is something you care about, then local government should be something you care about because those yeah. are the people responsible for spending public taxpayer dollars which you do contribute to yes on those things yeah and um for lining hamilton up to be in line for grants and for programs and for things like those are the people doing that stuff so that's a that what you just mentioned is a great example of why people should care about what's going on in their local government what else you want to talk about anything else any other thoughts you've got i don't think i have any further thoughts today today no not today except waiting on baby to come yes we're not telling a name yet not yet until she's it starts with an e oh, give you a hint i could <laughs> guess all kinds of names but i have had a really hard time naming this baby really i think for some reason the pressure of naming a girl is way higher to me than the pressure of naming a boy because <laughs> boys get nicknames like yeah, Bubba I, and buddy and like boys are like i don't know all boy names sound like boy names but girl names, there are like really soft and feminine names. There are stronger names. There are long names and short names. And like, it's so much pressure. Like, I have to identify this child. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Molly, when she was, uh, I was maybe like the week before she was born, you know, we knew it was a girl. Her name was Molly. 
And then like a week before she was born, I was like, I don't think I want to name her Molly anymore. But <laughs> it was totally too late because like we had monogram gifts yeah. and everybody had been calling her Molly. And so that's actually one reason I'm not revealing the name because I like need to reserve a 10% um, might change my mind. Yeah ratio maya cole when i was pregnant with her i did not know if she was a boy or a girl Mm -hmm. so that was the surprise surprise? yeah but i had the name mickey picked out because i thought mickey for a boy or mickey for a girl it could Mm -hmm. go either way Mm -hmm. and so i was just all set mickey and so it's a girl and i was like okay mickey and everyone's like no you can't (laughs) you can't call her mickey and so it took me like three days to come up with a name for her so i love the name maya yeah so now she's maya i think that's pretty so instead of mickey but she was a surprise maybe <laughs> i hate to say this out loud <laughs> what if it's not a girl <laughs> that would be a big surprise you guys <laughs> not gonna lie i'd be a little disappointed but i'm actually more sure of my next boy name than i am of this girl <laughs> name so <laughs> the name would be no problem i would know exactly what his name is no we need a girl so john, she... john was talking the other day uh, I, I was saying like man i don't want to be pregnant again for like a while and he was like maybe ever you know like maybe this is it and i was like but i have that name picked out <laughs> babies i can name that child that thing uh, three was a good number for me yeah. i like we have three is good it yeah. just worked for me and i could see it we'll see we're yeah. open who knows who knows i love it hey thanks for taking the time to do this thank before baby e shows me. up thank and you for having uh, me. it's been a lot of fun it thanks. was really fun oh my friend kaylin who knew 10 years ago that this young artist would become the administrator of our county here in alabama I know we're all still getting used to this 2020 thing, but it really does make me wonder how different all of our lives will be in the year 2030. What could happen in 10 years? Who knows? I'm excited to find out. We've got a new Facebook page for the podcast you can go like. It's called, you guessed it, What's Next God Podcast. You can also subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform app you use. You'll be the first to know when a conversation gets started. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Yep, we're on all of them. If you've got an extra minute today, leave us a review as well. If you want to get connected on social media, find me on Instagram or Facebook under the name Melissa Matheson. That's math, like four plus one equals five. I before E, son, S-O-N. As in my 17-year-old son who turns 18 in a few days, and I still haven't gotten him a gift. I bet a gift he would probably love is if I'd stop using his stories in my podcast closings, but yeah, I'm not sure about that. You'll have to let me know what you think. Our Camels Are Coming episodes will be back on Wednesday. We'll be talking with some of my favorite married people about how they met, dated, and married. I'm saving you a seat, so come join us as we sit around the table, have a cup of coffee, and talk about... What's next, God?